This Week in Pharmacy News Highlights A pharmacist shortage has caused CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart to cut pharmacy hours. Here's what we know CVS Health, one of the largest drugstore chains, is expecting to cut hours at two-thirds of its 9,000 locations by March, and Walmart has also announced it plans to shorten pharmacy hours from 9 p.m. to 7 p.m. at most of its 4,600 stores in March, according to a report from The Wall Street Journal. Not only are chain stores experiencing a shortage, but two-thirds of community pharmacies are also dealing with a labor shortage and struggling to fill open positions, according to a survey from the National Community Pharmacists Association. CVS and Walmart cut pharmacy hours, closed some locations earlier, citing staffing shortage and apparent shortage of pharmacists is forcing CVS and Walmart to reduce the hours of its pharmacies as they close earlier in thousands of locations, beginning in March. Both retailers will either cut or shift the hours that their pharmacies operate in response to staffing shortages and waning consumer demand as the height of the COVID-19 pandemic recedes. The Wall Street Journal first reported the news Walmart, which has pharmacies in most of its 4,600 U.S. locations, will close them two hours earlier, at 7 p.m. CVS will shift or cut hours at about 6,000 U.S. pharmacies. This week in pharmacy, really focusing on um, a several articles actually that came out. One from Forbes uh, titled "A Pharmacist Shortage Has Caused CBS, Walgreens, and Walmart to Cut Pharmacy Hours." Here's what we know, and another article from CNN that said CVS and Wal uh, Walmart cut pharmacy hours, close some locations earlier, citing staffing shortages. I am thrilled to have the American Pharmacist Association um, take a stand and give a statement to our nation about uh, this exact topic. I'd like to welcome Alex Varkey, Dr. Varkey, PharmD, um, to the This Week in Pharmacy program. Alex, welcome. Thanks, Todd. Um, first off, I'd, I'd like to uh, say thank you for the invitation. Um, Proud to be here as APHA's president-elect designate, as well as uh, the chair of our well-being steering committee. Um, and as you know, you know APHA appreciates the attention given to recent moves by some pharmacies to cut pharmacy operating hours. Like other healthcare professionals, pharmacy teams across the country have been stressed and stretched delivering patient care that they are both educated and trained to provide. And this is especially true in cases where pharmacy teams are inadequately staffed or supported. Appropriate staffing and appropriate workplace conditions are essential for pharmacy teams to safely deliver quality patient care to the public. Now, reduced operating hours will likely impact both patients as well as pharmacy teams. For patients, reducing pharmacy operating hours will impact windows of time when they can pick up their prescriptions, get vaccines, and receive other valuable pharmacist services. For pharmacists and pharmacy personnel, the workload remains unchanged because prescribers continue to, to write prescriptions as they must for their patients, while pharmacy personnel will now have less time to do the work. And we're already seeing cases where pharmacists are working after closing just to keep up with prescription volume. It's essential that cases of inadequate pharmacy staffing are addressed and pharmacy personnel well-being is recognized by employers and the public 
as an essential component for safe and effective patient care. Some are claiming that the reason for reduced hours in the pharmacy is due to a pharmacist shortage, and that isn't true. More accurately, there is a shortage of pharmacists and pharmacy technicians that are willing to work under current conditions. We need to stop blaming current conditions on pharmacy personnel shortages when it's due to short staffing and a multitude of faults in today's healthcare system. APHA has and is continuing to work hard on the issues impacting pharmacy personnel well-being since before the COVID-19 pandemic, including written uh, pieces on the current state of pharmacy staffing. If you visit www.pharmacist.com, you'll see a lot of the resources and tools that APHA has created or partnered with other organizations to develop in order to support pharmacy personnel. The Pharmacy Wellbeing Index, for example, provides individual personnel an opportunity to assess the current state of their well-being and connects them to a customized set of resources that they may need based on their responses. APHA also partnered with the National Alliance for State Pharmacy Associations, or NASPA, to create the Pharmacist's Fundamental Responsibilities and Rights which can serve as a foundation for pharmacy employers to drive change to improve the pharmacy workplace. When pharmacy personnel noted their concern about retribution or retaliation for reporting poor workplace conditions, we partnered with a patient safety organization to develop the Pharmacy Workplace and Wellbeing Reporting Tool, or POWER for short, which is the first of its kind, because it allows pharmacists and pharmacy personnel to anonymously and confidentially share either positive or negative workplace and well-being issues. And because of our partnership with the patient safety organization, nothing that is reported can be traced back to an individual because it is protected information. APHA has also contributed to the research on this worthwhile topic. From workplace surveys to pulse assessments, we are seeing the impact of the current state of practice on pharmacy personnel well-being, and it is only further highlighted the need for change. When it, whether it's tools, resources, data, advocacy, or important conversations with employers, APHA is driving the change that's needed. At APHA's upcoming annual meeting in March in Phoenix, we have seven sessions on well-being and workforce, focusing on individual strategies, tools, and solutions, and discussing systemic solutions to address well-being and workforce issues. And we know that you'll be joining us uh, at the meeting next month and look forward to more of your listeners joining us as well. Pharmacy is a rewarding profession. Pharmacists are the medication experts and we are integral to patient care. It is important that we call out inaccurate narratives to ensure the public understands some of the root issues impacting patient care, including resourcing and staffing in our nation's pharmacies. Again, please visit www.pharmacist.com to learn more about the work APHA is doing for our profession and for the links to our specific resources that I mentioned earlier regarding pharmacy personnel well-being, please visit www.pharmacist.com forward slash well-being. Alex, thank you so much for that. Um, the theme for the APHA 2023 couldn't of of been chosen better rise advancing in the face of adversity it makes absolute sense we're coming together in phoenix to empower each other to support each other 
and to understand the the necessary changes and transformation that must take place to keep up with um, with our nation's healthcare needs, specifically the needs that come from our pharmacists. Uh, we're excited about your presidency, Alex. We will be supporting you throughout the year, and we can't wait to see you in Phoenix. Thank you, John. special guest and someone I'm excited to welcome to this week in pharmacy, Pharmacy 50, one of the most influential pharmacy professionals in pharmacy. Um, and there's reasons for that. I know that all of the Pharmacy 50 are passionate about what we do in the pharmacy profession. Dr. Swathi Varanasi. Is it Varanasi? Varanasi. Varanasi. Mm -hmm. <laughs> welcome to this week in pharmacy. It's great to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So I have been watching you. I found you on Instagram. I'm a little pharmacist stalker where I find out what the makes up these pharmacists and um, the realm and the subject matter expertise and the topics that you're speaking about is the future of pharmacists. It's, I don't feel like we're, the, I feel like we're all the pioneer days of this, of kind of changing the new age of pharmacists from being behind the counter and being driven by a prescription to now being driven by total health of each of our individual patients. And what comes of that is more opportunity as pharmacists to, to practice the clinical side of what is um, being a pharmacist and being a PharmD. So I want you to uh, talk to our This Week in Pharmacy listeners. And if you're watching on YouTube, um, this is Dr. Swathi right here and now but tell us about yourself and a little bit about Element Apothic. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, thank you again for having me. So a little bit about me. I was someone who grew up around, you know, whether it was pharmacy talk, whether it was healthcare professional talk. Um, my mom was a nurse and my dad was a supplement formulator. So I was always kind of around that. Um, and I knew growing up that I wanted to be a healthcare professional, but I also knew that, you know, in any, you know, whether it was a teacher or a mentor would ask me growing up what you wanted to be when you grew up. I would always say inventor, which I mean, at this word, like at this point, like no one even uses that word. Is that even a real word? I don't know. But it's something that I would always say. So it was like this idea of how I can bridge being a quote unquote inventor, as my young self would say, with being a healthcare professional. So looking at being a healthcare professional to me was how I can benefit the community, how I can benefit the overall world. So it's not just looking at the patient, but what I can do in the context of really helping a lot of different people. And so when I was exploring a lot of different options in the healthcare professional sphere and everything, I just fell in love with pharmacy because I thought pharmacists played this incredible role. And obviously, you know, just even from a tangible or physical standpoint, they stood between the supplements, which is seen as more of the preventative side, as well as the, you know, prescriptions behind the counter. And to me, that was like the perfect combination of not only are you helping people preventatively, but you're helping people cure these, you know, chronic or other otherwise diseases. So going to pharmacy school, I thought it would be really this, 
culmination and combination of the both, but really it is more of a focus on the prescriptive side, which as an integrative health pharmacist now, I still see as an amazing part of care and the care schema. And I mean, just statistically looking at the number of patients in North America that are on prescription medications is like anywhere from one to four to seven per person. So to me, it really is about patient-centric shared decision-making. And that is every single discussion being a guide, providing all these different opportunities as an integrative health wellness expert, as an integrative health pharmacist, all these possibilities that patients can integrate into their daily life and how for every single person, person, depending on their treatment goals, depending on what they want to achieve and how they want to live their best life and how overall, how they define that is really going to vary. And so when I say integrative health pharmacy, to me, it's incorporating prescriptions for some some people, not for everyone. Some people don't want to take them, um, but also with movement, with nutrition, with lifestyle, with sleep hygiene, with um, supplements, with herbal therapies, um, with homeopathy, therapeutic aromatherapy. There's so many different aspects of our daily lives that can be optimized. And then, you know, that optimization leads to, you know, overall better health outcomes. So that's a little bit about like the way that I view health. And so as I was going through pharmacy school, everyone always said like, oh, it's just Swathi doing her own thing. So while everyone else was working in a pharmacy, I was, you know, interning at medical device startups. And I was also like very involved in the startup, you know, arena of what was going Going on in Charleston, South Carolina, where I went to school. And I really loved that. Um, I also was a big part of like what was going on in the research side. So I did everything from bench research to actual um, participating in, you know, being a research associate on a clinical trial, a phase three clinical trial that was actually looking at cannabis use disorder. So it was one of my first forays into thinking about botanical medicine in a more serious context. I mean, I did grow up around Ayurveda, but to me, Ayurveda was just a part of life. It wasn't necessarily like this specific modality of medicine until I really started delving in and learning more about it. And so throughout all of these, you know, trying these different things, it's one of the biggest piece of advice that I tell like students and everyone that I mentor now is just try it because the worst that comes out of it is maybe you don't like it and that's fine but you probably learn so much along the way about yourself about what it means to be a pharmacist about what it means to you know give back to the community so um as I was looking for my appy rotation schedule I found an incredible mentor through my also pharmacist stocking so we very much resonate on that together um that I, I found a pharmacist out in LA and I saw that she was an integrative health pharmacist she'd been doing that for years. She saw the benefit of prescriptions and supplements and these other modalities. And I was like, wow, this is someone I want to train with. Um, her name is Dr. Pam Tarlow. She's incredible. I literally just chatted with her the other day. Or was that yesterday? Yesterday. So we still keep in touch all the time. So I had a chance to um, do an appy rotation with her. And a few days into the appy rotation, I asked her, how can we work together after this? Like, I, I want to make this work. So kind of on a whim and, you know, following my passion, I booked a flight and decided to after graduation, move out to LA didn't really know anyone didn't really know what I was doing just knew like that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to train with her. So we decided to start the first ever and still only residency program in the US for pharmacists interested in pursuing this unconventional role as an integrative health pharmacist. And I also love saying that, you know, years later now, it's 
not that unconventional anymore. There are more and more people joining the ranks. And I absolutely love to see that because the more people can that the more pharmacists that realize, you know, it's the patients that are asking these questions. So we don't necessarily need to be integrative health specialists, but we need to at least understand where they're coming from, understand that there is research behind some of these other modalities and how we can help be that guide for them. And so maybe we don't have to bring up the herbs, but if they bring up the herbs, then how do they work? What are the drug herb interactions that we need to know about? And maybe we don't need to know them off the top of our head, but what are the resources that we can look to where there are already platforms that are putting together all this material for us. So really helping provide that insight is a lot of what I do now. And I love the just the macro scale education side. So I've done things from lecturing at conferences and universities, and I still keep up with all of that. Um, but also along the way with my whole, you know, wanting to be a healthcare professional and inventor, I found um, two incredible co-founders and we decided to start this brand, Element Apothic. So we are a CBD botanical wellness brand. We incorporate active um, cannabinoid extracts and ingredients um, as well as other botanicals. Because to me, as an integrative health pharmacist, like I didn't want to be a company that just focused on one plant or one herb or anything, and really create more of this holistic discussion of what other herbs are out there. And also in, in combination with that, you know, what other things can we do for our consumer, for our patient to really help them feel their best. And of course, for every person that's completely different. So I hope that provides a little bit of an insight on, you know, the way that I view integrative health and wellness and what that means to me and the way that I view healing, um, but also a little bit about my background and, you know, why I'm here today. Excellent, Swathi. I want to share with um, our viewers, and if you're not able to view right now on YouTube, um, I want you to just listen in. There was a PubMed uh, Central article that came out in 2018. It said, Pharmacy Competencies for Interprofessional Integrative Health Care Education in really building off of many of the exploratory pharmacists that have been around for 20 plus years that um, weren't as, ex as, as accepted as we are becoming now, because now it's like, it's, it's being studied more and it's more interesting and the public's bringing it up. But I, I want to let the listeners know that this is really based on trends that are being driven by pharmacists who are deprescribing or are jumping into pediatrics or senior care or rare disease states. And they're saying, hey, we're, we're concentrating on pain management or we're concentrating on something that's affecting seniors or diabetes or, but there's, there's a holistic realm to this. There's a whole other person that, that is uh, dealing or living with diabetes and there was an article uh, just uh, the last March. It said pharmacists and patients navigating complementary and integrative medicine. So how we take a existing therapy that is tried and true and add on to it something that ties in nutrition, better sleep, better exercise, getting outside, fresh air. And what does that do? Well, um, over a period of six months or nine months or 12 months, it gives us an opportunity to possibly de-prescribe depending on how many meds that the patient was on, not really paying attention to how many physicians they've seen over five years per se. And physicians are busy. They are the quarterbacks of health. But when they pitch out um, to the wide receiver slash pharmacist and say, run with this therapy, the pharmacist is like, wait a second, I'm going to, I'm going to deviate the route. I'm going to go a little bit different area because this is too much of this med, or this is, they've been on this um, 
120 milligram for way too long. We should be titrating them or whatever it is. But the, the, the pathway that you're on, Swathi, in my opinion, is literally the future of what pharmacists are going to do because they're going to get away from just the dispensing and they're going to really start concentrating on the individual through point of care testing, through laboratory results that came back from PGX tests, um, from the knowledge of how uh, CBD breaks down in your system versus other pain management. So this is an exciting time to be a pharmacist. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree with everything you said more. I love the idea that you brought up like this long-term approach that it is something that it's not going to be a quick fix for most patients. I mean, some herbs do work quickly, which is awesome or other modalities, but changing your lifestyle and, and eating a cleaner diet and incorporating more movement, of course, that's very different for every single person that, you know, it's, it's this long-term game. It's not just one, one thing you're going to try once and it's going to perfect everything in your whole life. So I really like that you brought up the long term. And I love that you brought up genomics too. I think that's one of the modalities that more people are starting to learn more about and realizing that that could be one of the most amazing, you know, evolutions within personalized medicine is this idea to look at our genes and look at our gene variants and then how that plays a role in, you know, enzymatic reactions and the way that we metabolize certain herbs or supplements or, or even drugs for that matter and how that can all play together. I actually just spoke at um, my alma mater, the Medical University of South Carolina. They had an annual cannabis conference. I just spoke um, last Friday um, to a, a group of psychiatrists. It's in coordination with the, um, with the APA speaking about the link between pharmacogenomics and cannabinoids mm -hmm. and really what that means and what that could mean for their practice. You know, what's amazing, Swathi, is when I started paying attention to PGX, this would have been in 2015, when I was part of an application that was being developed um, out of Greensburg, Pennsylvania, that was then sold to UPMC Enterprises. But they had me trying to take um, CPT codes, billing codes, ICD, I think back then it was ICD-9, not ICD-10, but ICD-9 codes and kind of align all this data and spreadsheets so that we could start scrolling down on the FDA's list of pharmacogenomic biomarkers and drug labeling. And back then, there were only like 100 meds. That's it. There, there are 100 NDCs. Now look at this. Like when wow. you're screen right now, there are books and books and, and pages and pages of medications that are now being tracked. And now that a pharmacist can go back into a database and really pick out a very specific, um, not only condition and disease state, but also the med that's being used. And if it comes up where it's more than whatever percentage that you pull the trigger for PGX on, whether that's 40% or 50, 60% of the people having issues with metabolization, it gives you more data about that individual, the disease state and the medication to really be able to help the course become tighter and more personalized for the patient. So you can go back as the pharmacist, the physician and say, Hey, listen, they've been on this med for whatever, six months, two years, and um, we're really not seeing that much progression. I'm seeing that they may not even be metabolizing correctly. So let's let's look into, you know, a, a therapeutic interchange or something that makes sense. And then that way you're coming at the physician with all this data that you've done the work for them. And I think it's easier for them to make the shift. 
Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's really the main, the main part of it is like, not only is there information out there, do pharmacists know about it? And, you know, how can we provide this, this insight and this list of resources to all of these, especially these new graduates that are interested in, in personalizing therapy, they're interested in being that resource. And it's one of the things that provides me like the most joy and excitement is being able to be involved in a lot of the new practitioners that are coming out and a lot of the ones that are still in school and providing opportunities for them to learn about how they can play a role and not just be the pharmacist behind the counter, which is great in so many contexts. But um, as you've said many a time, like pharmacists can do so much more than that. And I, I fully agree that one of the things that we don't talk about enough in pharmacy is this idea of transferable skills. And what we're taught in school doesn't need to be so limited to only these few career paths that are, you know, the most widely accepted and the most that we're talking about in school. So, you know, changing the narrative around that is also something that's really important to me. So I also want to let our listeners, um, if you're not watching on YouTube, you won't be able to see this, but you will at least be able to to go to the website, Element Apothic, um, Element, A-P-O-T-H-E-C.com. This is a wonderful resource, Swathi, that you've designed and built out. And it gives us a lot of information, not only about certain products that you've helped to develop, uh, skincare, wellness, topicals, uh, tinctures, but also um, the resource at the Element Apothic blog, where you have a collective, of not only yourself, but other providers that are um, really digging down into the research. Um, there was a um, one on mushrooms and the future of, of fungi, the future of psychotropics um, and psychedelics, for example. I think that's so interesting, especially from a pharmacist perspective. Can you kind of share with our listeners what this um, element apothic resource is for and how a pharmacist could leverage it? Definitely. So um, with Element Apothic, a lot of what I do at the company is product formulation, but also beyond product formulation is to create with our group of incredible interns. So we have an internship program where I work with students that are in um, either their master's for nutrition and dietetics or their doctorate in pharmacy, doctorate in medicine. And we put together all of this incredible evidence-based information that always has primary literature cited, all of the stuff that's really important for for a consumer to know, but also a healthcare professional to know. And it's a really great way to learn this information from, you know, a standpoint where you can just Google something and it's it's free and, and it's right there for you. So um, we have a lot of different resources on the Element Apothic website. Um, for example, this is one of them that um, Todd has pulled up here, our Element Apothic blog. So you're able to look in all these different categories. Um, if you're interested in learning more about nutrition, for example, um, we have everything from, you know, information about curcumin to to royal jelly and honey and, and all of these different things that are really important and really exciting. Um, and they're things that, you know, I wish that I saw more information online. Like I see blogs, of course, but like the idea that these blogs are all founded in primary literature is really important to me. So um, that's one of the resources, um, something that we have coming up, which is so exciting and so important to us, um, is um, something that I've been working on for almost two years, is um, the CBD for Health and Wellness course. So we have this course coming out. It will be the first course of its kind specifically 
specifically created for consumers to learn about where CBD can fit in therapy, what is the research behind it? And it's a lot of the questions that our consumers are asking us. So, you know, I funneled a lot of that information into this like self-paced multi-module course that we are going to be um, launching officially next month. So I'm so excited. I just had a, a follow-up call about that this morning. So it's all like very new and fresh and exciting that this will be out soon. Um, one of the other things that we offer in terms of education for consumers is one-on-one -on -one consultations. So if patients are, or patients rather, if, if customers are interested, they can sign up for a one-on-one -on -one consultation and they can chat with me or someone else on the medical team. And that, you know, is also really important to me too, is that when you're creating a brand, I mean, it really is like, what is something that you want to bring to the world that you feel like the world doesn't have yet, or maybe it's a void in the market or how you can make a difference. And so when we were putting together, you know, the, the, brand guidelines, we were putting together, you know, what it means to be Element Apothic and be at Element Apothic. A lot of that was yes, like with my background as an integrative health pharmacist, but also realizing that, you know, as much as patient care experiences I've had in the clinic setting and the hospital setting that, you know, apart from that, there's so many other incredible clinicians out there that are doing this on the daily. And we want to work with the right you know, individuals that have this expertise. So one of the things that I've helped to do is build out our medical advisory board. So as of now, we have our incredible chief medical advisor, who's an integrative gastroenterologist, Dr. Marvin Singh. And then we also have really great um, integrative dermatologists, integrative OBGYN. Um, and yeah, we have integrative pharmacists. So we have all these people that are really here. Oh yeah. And we have them on the website too. Yeah. I'm not sure it's fully updated at the moment because we just added two incredible um, new individuals. But um, yeah, that's some information about the the first few that we have on our team um, that I've just lent such amazing expertise to our product formulation and also a lot of the educational opportunities and initiatives that we're putting out. Um, and then, yeah, one of the other things uh, in accordance with education is that um, we'll be starting our our podcast with the Pharmacy Podcast Network to help educate hey. pharmacists. So um, that will be, you know, kind of our on our provider education side. So the way that I break up education at the company is consumer, student, and provider. So on this provider side, this healthcare professional side, um, partnering with the Pharmacy Podcast Network is such an exciting opportunity for us. Um, we will be starting the Element Apothic Show, where I'm going to be providing a lot of great evidence-based information. Again, what the primary primary literature is saying about a lot of these different botanicals and a lot of these different modalities that are sometimes overlooked by the conventional healthcare professional. You know, they're looking at, oh, you know, maybe this doesn't have any research behind it. It's something that I hear all the time. It's like, oh, there's no research. It's like there is research. You know, there, it's not an FDA approved product. That's true, which means there isn't necessarily phase zero through four clinical trials like there would be for other, you know, um, pharmaceutical agents. But that doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, RCTs or randomized controlled trials that we can delve into and talk about on the podcast. So that's a little bit about what we'll be talking about, you know, there. And that's something that, you know, we've been looking forward to and something that internally we've been wanting to start a podcast, I guess, to be transparent, we've been wanting to start one for a long time, but we hadn't found like the right partner, the right opportunity. And then when this came along, we were like, wow, this, you know, I'm so glad glad we waited for, you know, the year that we waited to have this right opportunity in front of the right healthcare professionals to get started. I agree because I, I keep saying to people that I talk with clients, um, consultants, other pharmacists, don't podcast unless there's a purpose that you can connect it to. 
I don't think podcasting this, I make my life, my, my whole career, my whole livelihood feeding my family. It comes from podcasting, but I do not put podcast out front. So you've, you've taken all this time to develop the website, the information, the team, the medical team. In my opinion, you did it the absolute right way because now you can bring the podcast as a, as an amplifier of the core information. Um, and like I say to people that say to me, I want to start a podcast. I'm always like, hold up, don't do it until you tell me, you know, what the core information is. What's the primary? What's the, what's the kind of what we're basing this on? Otherwise, it's just like a bandwagon that you're, you're podcasting just because everybody else is. Whereas the Element Apothic podcast is really going to kind of amplify, uh, help to repeat, and give the information that's already out there in the form of audio. So if you are driving or if you are jogging or if you're doing something, you can just listen in and having and not have necessarily having access to the internet at the time um, where you're looking at something. But we can always go back to these studies. We can always go back to these references or the blog. So I love the whole setup of Element Pothic because it's kind of staging and it's at the right time to actually add the podcast in. So I agree with you. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that, you know, this is something that we're so excited about. We've been waiting on the right moment. So now having all these materials and everything together, it's, it's really a way and something that we've learned too, is that we have certain consumers that love the blog, but there's a lot of people who are like, I wish there was a short, sweet, nitty gritty version where I could just tune in, listen to it and be done. And so that's kind of what we were thinking is how can we optimize a lot of this content we already have, but bring it in an audio format and, you know, add a bit of personality because sometimes on the blog, it's just like an image and some words. So that's also part of it too, is that people get to know us a little bit more. That's great. Well, I'm very proud to have you as part of the network. I want to say congratulations again for being recognized by your peers throughout the pharmacy profession as one of the leaders right now. And with, you know, there was a Spider-Man saying that with great power comes great responsibility. I kind of shift that a little bit. I say with great influence comes great responsibility. And you do have that responsibility. And I see you picking it up and I see you taking the baton and not only um, carrying the torch, but teaching others to uh, light their own torch in their own community to impact their own patient base and creating practices that pharmacists get to manage ongoing. This can become, and this isn't a space fairy dust anymore. Pharmacists are becoming paid consultants in their communities, working with physicians and collaborating with payers and collaborating with um, other experts, like you were saying, with nutritionists, diet dietitians, nurses, and it really depends on where you want to center. So if you want to go after seniors, if you want to concentrate on, on uh, pediatrics, if you want to look at a special disease state that needs you think needs more representation and attention, reach out to Dr. Swathi because not only will she have so much resource already ready, but she'll help guide you to maybe another source of information so that you can build your own practice. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And really what that for me distills down to is following your passion. And that's something that I wish that I like heard from other people in the field a little bit earlier is, you know, it is okay to not 
love what your colleague loves and you can still be the closest of friends with them and everything, but it doesn't necessarily mean you need to do exactly what they're doing or do exactly what the norm says with pursuing these few paths. You know, as pharmacists, we can do so much. I think pharmacists are one of the most well-equipped healthcare professionals or just honestly professionals out there to do so many different things. So I think it's just the hardest thing maybe about this entire process, I would argue, is just trying to figure out exactly what you want to do and what you want to, you know, what type of pharmacist you want to be. And there's no wrong answer. So once you figure out what you want, then it's cultivating that network and figuring out who can help you and who you can help along the way too. That's awesome. Well, we're excited that you're going to be part of this uh, network and um, we're going to look to you as a resource. Want to invite you back to this week in pharmacy and just get an update from you once in a while and then bring on other functional pharmacists and integrative pharmacists and physicians that are practicing integrative medicine and let's spin this into a a bigger reach but uh, you're you know me I'm going to uh you know empower you uh through this platform over and over again and I thank you so much for being part of this yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate what you're building and the fact that you're so inclusive and willing to incorporate voices from all different walks of pharmacy is so important for the future of pharmacy, but also the next generation of pharmacists. It is. Well, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye-bye.